Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. We're continuing our series on the gifts of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse, starting at verse 11, this is our verses for this series, it says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I know we do this almost every time, but I want you in the room. I want you to be able to just say right now, Jesus is Lord. So as we talk about spiritual gifts, if you were able to say Jesus is Lord, that was done by the Holy Spirit, therefore you can speak and have the Holy Spirit speak through you because you just did it. So these gifts are for you because the Spirit speaks through you just as this example. It is actually that simple. He gives you an inspiration to speak and you share it. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works, it, works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills. Father, as we share your word, we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, I ask you to hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning. I pray for open ears and soft hearts to hear your word this morning. I do pray for miracles to happen. I do pray for lives to be changed. I do pray that today people see you in a new light in Jesus' name. And so Holy Spirit, hide me, use me. In your name we pray, amen. It's interesting how the spiritual gifts overlap. Last week we talked about healing. Today we're talking about miracles. Many of us believe they're the same. I'm gonna read to you what the definition from the Webster Dictionary on miracles is, and this is what it is. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. Or two, an extremely outstanding or unusual event, thing, or accomplishment. Like, it's a miracle that the Leafs might do well this year. <laughs> right? I'm a sense fan. We're going to do horrible, so I just have to take some jokes when I can. It's embarrassing. But this is the difference. So I believe, and I'm going to try to explain this the best of my ability, you can have a healing that's not a miracle. I know everybody's like, what? A miracle is a divine intervention. It is a moment. It happens fast. A healing, sometimes you can break a leg and the doctor says, it's going to take six weeks. I know legs take longer than that, but just stay with me. And all of a sudden, you go to the doctor in three weeks and they take the cast off and go, oh, we can't explain it, it's fine. Well, that's a healing. Jesus has moved and made things happen faster than what it's supposed to be. Jesus turned water into wine. That's a miracle. 
Jesus made blind people see instantly. That's a miracle. And I think sometimes we get distracted when we're praying for an instant thing and we forget that he works it out in time and we're realizing, oh my goodness, he actually did do it. Yes, he's given us medicine, but when he speeds up that process, that's a healing. He's actually healed you. When he gives you wisdom to go to the right doctor and all of a sudden the doctor goes, every doctor has told you I have no idea what's wrong and you walk into the office and you sit down with the doctor and they go, oh, it's this. And they're able to treat you immediately. That's an answer to prayer. That is him working through you, giving you the wisdom, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge to go, I need to go see this person. God uses so many different ways. I want to talk just for a second, a brief second about healing and miracles because many times in a Christian faith, especially in our charismatic stuff, we believe in healing and um, God's miracles so much so we won't go see doctors. And I had a mentor friend, he said this one time preaching, and I'm going to ask everyone in this room, how many of you believe that Jesus is your provider? Yes, amen, I'm hearing it loud. Okay, hands down. How many of you, and I'm not going to, I don't want, how many of you are going to work tomorrow, or if you had the option to, you would go to work tomorrow? A lot of people are like, I don't know. <laughs> so, understand me when I'm saying this. We believe that Jesus is our provider, but we go to work. So why, when I believe that Jesus is my healer, do people think I lack faith when I go to the doctor? Do you understand that he gives us both? Because we actually question believers who go, oh, Jesus is my provider, but they're not giving out a resume and they're just sitting at home. Because we believe he can provide to, for us through a job. Well, do you believe that he can heal you through a doctor? That was kind of not a good response. I'm going to need some interaction this morning. I'm going to encourage you this morning. If we believe that God can heal us, it doesn't show lack of faith when you go to the doctor. I have prayed for people for complete healing in Jesus' name and full faith while at the very same time understanding the timeline of life and realizing some people have had a long life, a good life, and they know their, li their life is right with Jesus Christ. Prayed for complete healing and at the same time praying, Lord, if it's time for them to go home, God bless you. And some of you might go, well, that's a wishy-washy prayer. No, it's not. I believe that I'm praying God's will. God, you can heal this person in an instant. They can sit up. They can shock all the doctors. They can get dressed and we can go home right now. But God, if it's their time to go home with you and everybody's okay with it, yes, they'll be missed. Yes, it's going to hurt as emotions, but we know where they're going and they're in a great place. God bless you, Lord. Because there's going to come a time in my life, hopefully not anytime soon, that I am not in that state and I want Melissa to know that if I, my life is right with the Lord and that I am old, man, let me go. There are moments when I see our world the way it is and I'm like, Lord, I'm ready. Smith Wigglesworth, we're going to talk about him in a moment. His wife died and she, he came up to her room and he picked her up and he was walking around and he was declaring to the Lord that he could not do the work that God had called him to do with his wife not with him. The Lord sent his wife back. She came alive. And she was mad at him. 
If I'm old and my kids are out of the house, don't pray me back. Leave me be. I love my wife. That was, that's just like, well, just clarify that real fast. <laughs> but there's times, and we have to understand, we, and we don't understand God's time, and we don't understand it all, but there are moments when this is what God wants. I want to talk about miracles. Acts 19 says this in verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he had touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Why do we question things today so much? Now, I'm not talking about selling handkerchiefs and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's a whole different topic. But why do we question when somebody says, let's pray over a cloth and we'll send it to the person? Why do we question it? They did it. Yeah, but we're not Paul. I know, we're not Jesus, but later in the sermon, you're going to hear the scripture where he said, greater things you will do. Why do we question it? I don't know about you, but if I am sick and hurt and God can heal me, I realize I just said send me home, I get that, but if God can heal me and somebody can pray over a handkerchief and bring it to me and it just has to sit on my leg and it's healed, oh man, bring that hanky. I don't even care if they used it. Just more anointing. <laughs> I think sometimes we question ourselves out of healings. We evaluate ourselves out of miracles. We have a more understanding of the verses that tell us to test and examine and to evaluate than we do on the power of God. But Chad, we have to be responsible. I get that. I get that. I understand that. But do you question more than you believe? I never want to doubt myself out of a move of God. Because God won't move the way I believe he'll move. Because he does it all the time. He'll do things different every time. And God is still doing miracles today. I don't know who this person was, but I know of a story, and I believe it was in Africa. This lady was ministering and this mom brought up her child, and the child was covered in a sheet because the child was dead. They brought it up and handed it over and said, pray. So they prayed for this child to come back for life. And all of a sudden, under the sheet, you hear the crying. So the child comes back to life. They hand the child back to the mom who has a smile on her face. But then as she grabs the sheet, she lifts the sheet off of the baby's head or off the child's head and looks at her child, drops the sheet back over, and is as so excited. And so through an interpreter, the, the minister is shocked because they're like, the child just got raised from the dead. They weren't super excited. They finally looked at the child. Now they're excited. What is going on? So as the minister was praying for the child, what he didn't understand was the child from the beginning of life was missing an eye. Like literally an empty eye socket. And so when she lifted the sheet, not only was the child alive, but there was an eye there. Do you understand there's moments where Jesus can heal and then he does more because he wants to? She didn't even pray for the eyeball because she didn't know. But just because he could, he did it. There's things in your life that Jesus is coming with. You may not see it yet, but he's coming with it. And what you are expecting, he's going to do this just because he can. Just because. 
Because how many of you as fathers, if you know your child wants a gift and you go to the store to buy the gift and you know you're going to buy him, let's say Miles loves baseball, so if I'm going to go buy Miles a baseball glove, how many of you know that I've paid attention at the store when he's trying on gloves and I see which one he likes the most? And just because I can, I get him not just a baseball glove, I get the one he wants. Because how many of you know he'd be excited just to get a glove? But it's not just a glove. Dad, how did you know? Because I, I watched you at the store. I saw which ones you put on. And I saw that you liked this one the most. And just because I could, I got you that one. Not just a glove, but that glove. He'll do it for you. The hardest thing with miracles is believing for the ones that haven't come yet. I want to touch on this for a moment because I understand that as I'm trying to be encouraging, as I believe my faith level is high for miracles, there's people in the room that you're just like, Chad, but you just don't understand. And you're right, I might not. There's still things in my life that I'm praying for and I'm believing God to move in and they haven't happened yet. But that doesn't stop me from believing what he does. As we talked about in healing, we don't want our past to influence what we actually believe. Because we have to trust that he's moving. Daniel 10, it talks about when Daniel prayed and he asked the Lord, and the Lord heard his prayer. And he sent an angel with the answer. But Daniel kept praying and fasting for 21 days. And all of a sudden an angel shows up and he tells Daniel, God heard you the first time. But as I was trying to come, there was a fight in the spiritual. And I had to fight the king of Persia. And finally, I had to go back and get Michael, the archangel. And he fought the way through so I could come and give you the answer. How many of you might be sitting here today and you might have given up hope, but there's a spiritual battle happening. So not only can the answer come, but the answer you're looking for. It's on its way. But there's just a fight in the spiritual. And you need to keep praying and you need to keep interceding and you need to fast and pray. And fasting isn't a hunger strike. It's quieting your flesh so you can hear the Lord. And you can help fight in the spiritual. I encourage you this morning, keep believing. I want to read uh, Mark 9 to you, verse 38. and says this, Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we told them to stop. Because he was not one of us. Jesus responds, Do not stop him, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Bill Johnson, he writes a, a foreword in a book, Preparing for Glory, and it says, Even the Israelites praised their dead prophets. We need to be open to what God is doing. We need to understand that God moves in ways that we don't understand. We, we read today and study Smith Wigglesworth because of the miracles the man did. But in the time that he was here, he was very criticized. Now, stories say he football kicked a child into the crowd and healed them, so it, it's different. But none of you would care to kick your child if he healed them. Smith Wigglesworth um, Albert Hilbert writes in a book called The Secret of His Power. I want to read this story to you because I think it's just a powerful story. Um, you know what, time-wise, I'm going to just tell you the story. I won't read it. 
Smith Wigglesworth is traveling minister and he's staying at a, a minister's house. And this minister has no legs. And back in those years, prosthetics, one, weren't cheap, two, weren't comfortable or good. So he was just in a wheelchair. Smith Wigglesworth, they're sitting around a table at night having a cup of coffee, just looks at the guy and says, tomorrow go buy a pair of shoes. The guy's missing both legs. He's got stubs right here. So Smith Wigglesworth says, go buy his new shoes, he goes to bed. How many people know that's not the way to end a conversation? <laughs> he goes to bed, the other guy can't sleep. So he's waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, he goes to the shoe store early in the morning. He's waiting outside for the store to open. Once the store opens, he goes inside and he says to the sales guy, can I get a pair of shoes? Sales guy, not really looking at him, goes, what size and color? Guy goes, I don't know. So the guy looks at him, it's awkward for a moment, and the, the guy in the chair goes, size eight, black. So the guy goes in the back, pulls out size eight, black shoes, sets them down in front of him. He slides himself off his wheelchair, puts his stub into a shoe, and the bottom part of his leg and his foot form. So needless to say, it didn't take him long to put the other one in. So right there, both basically calves and feet grow into these shoes. Now that's a miracle. I just caught on to this this morning as I was talking to the children's workers about this. Then he walked out of the store. And so it says, like, he walked out with new legs and, and shoes. But you have to understand, think about it for a moment. If you've ever hurt your leg, how much physio does it take to actually start walking again? So not only did he have new legs, but he did had the leg muscles in his thighs and in his calves and everything, and mental capacity to move everything and walk out of the room. There are so many miracles in here, it's not even funny. I actually hope he didn't have to pay for his shoes, because that's pretty cool. Now, he goes back to Smith Wigglesworth, and here's the quote I want to actually read to you. Smith Wigglesworth was not surprised. He had expected the result. He often made remarks like this. As far as God is concerned, there is no difference between forming a limb and healing a broken bone. Why do we ask God for 100 bucks when we need 1000 Why do we ask God to take a little bit of pain away so we can maintain, like we can manage when God can take it all. He can do miracles. I love the fact that that's what he said. Just He can heal, he can form. Why ask for one when he can do both? It's no big deal, it's no different to him. I want to bring this home a little bit because I want to encourage you this morning that we can read about things across the ocean, we can read about Smith Wigglesworth. I want to tell you some stories where God has used me in miraculous healings. And I'm only sharing it to you, not for anything about me, but most of you in the room know me, know how kind of, an idiot I can be and how amazing it is that God actually uses me, but we know he spoke through a donkey, so we're good. But I want to share this with you so you understand that if he can use me, he can use any one of you in this room. This is not a pastoral thing. This is a gift of the Spirit that you can work in. First off, it's not even a healing, but when we first moved here, um, we were only here for a little while, and I don't remember the date because I wrote down some dates, but I don't remember the date. We lost the diamond off of Melissa's engagement ring. And I'd love to tell you it's this massive stone so it's easy to find, but it's not. <laughs> it's so small that we were like, we are euchred. And Aunt picked this up and took it home. And so we're trying to find this thing, and we're praying, and we're trying to find it, and I want you to know we clean. We do clean. And our moms taught both of us that when you're done at the end of the night and you're done doing the dishes, you wipe off your stovetop, right? Ladies in the house of men are like, oh, oh. 
So we wipe off our stovetop every night. Probably a week at least goes by, and we're praying about this, and we're wiping off the stovetop one night, and we hear this, and how many people know that if you hear something scratching, you stop? So we stop quickly, lift up the cloth, and here is the diamond sitting right on our stovetop. That is a miracle. As I share miracles with you today, can you do me a favor? Even just to stir up your own faith. You need to clap. Not for me, but you need to appreciate what God is doing in lives of people. May not be you, but let it encourage your faith so it does happen in your life. Josh Alvarez, he's, most of you don't know me, pastors in Lucan now. This was in 2015. We were at a youth retreat, and Josh was there, and he's playing the keyboard for the worship team that came in, and we just had this great presence of God, and we just started praying for different things, and as Melissa and I are ministering, I was just walking around, and I just felt in my heart there was something with the worship team. And so I was walking around praying and praying, and and finally, I was over by Josh, and I just leaned into Josh. I said, Josh, is there something with your body that needs healing? And he goes, my ankle's been euchred for a while. He just says, it hurts all the time. And so as he's playing, he's still playing. I just lean down, and I put my hand on his ankle, and I pray. And then a lot of you that know me, I just, my first response, it's a step of faith, but it's how I just work, and I know that if I don't, I'm just chickening out. And so I ask him right away, I'm like, how does it feel? And so he starts to move, and he's like, it actually feels pretty good. I said, well, walk away from the keyboard. Walk around. See how it feels. So he walks around, and it's healed. And today, he still now plays basketball. He still does everything that he wants to do on that ankle, and there's no problem with it. This one's close to home. In 2017, in April, um, Jillian and Steve were having uh, Archer. And if you know their story, it was everybody's a little praying and everything because of what happened with Bear. And so we're all praying for them. And they're at the hospital. And don't worry, I have permission to share. And I was preparing to head to the hospital to see how everything was going. And I was on my way to get coffee. And Steve texted me and he just said, Chad Archer's having some breathing problems. Can you come? And so I skipped coffee, obviously, and I go straight over. And we come up and Archer's in a room by himself. Doctors and nurses are there, and so I just said to Steve, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'd like to pray for him. I said, can you ask if I can come in? And so they let me come in, and Steve and I go in, and Steve takes Archer's little hand, and I just put my hand over top of him, and the doctors and nurse kind of just back up a little bit, and we say, like, you don't have to go anywhere. They're like, no, we'll give you your space, and we just start to pray, and it wasn't a long prayer. I don't even remember what we prayed. But in the middle of the prayer, Archer is breathing. You hear his breathing before it started, and he's just short breaths and everything, and and the doctors were saying to us, like, they might have to do some more tests. And we just, we pray, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the prayer, we hear Archer do this. And then he starts breathing fine. And I'd love to tell you as your pastor that I was like, amen. But my response, my face, I quickly, like, eyes open and quickly looked up at Steve, almost in shock of what I just observed. The doctors came back over and they watched and they examined, but they just slowly started to take wires and tubes off. And they were able to take Archer to the room. The doctors and nurses asked questions for a long time. 
Because the miracles are never just done to bring healing. They're never just done to bring a provision. They're never just done so that you can find something. They're done for a testimony. They're done so you can share a testimony so people cannot try to explain away God. Because people will argue the Scriptures. They will argue the Bible. There are so many people in today's world that it's just a full of fairy tales. So you cannot convince your neighbor who believes the Bible is full of fairy tales by telling them the Bible said so when they think it's the same as Disney. But when a miracle happens that nobody can explain, it's hard to argue. And God touched that little guy. And it shocked me. And I wish I could tell you that it didn't shock me, but it did. And I'm praying for the day where miracles don't shock me anymore, that my response is like Wigglesworth, where it's like, well, of course. What's the difference between growing a leg and healing it? It's the same thing to God. Now, because of what happened with Archer, in May of 2017, so less than a month later, I'm at Overflow, which is the youth conference, and I'm standing at the side stage just behind the scenes, and one of the uh, hosts her name is Laura Fess, and she had a brace on her wrist. And just during worship and during the time of praise, she came over to me and she just said, Chad, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to ask you to pray for me. I've got this brace, and the doctors just told me this week I need to have it on for like six weeks, and I can't even lift up my baby girl, and she was not that old. And I just want to hold my baby girl, and Chad, to be honest, I want to be able to do my hair. And so I said, okay, and I said, we just talked for a minute because we're both pastors, but we both kind of come from a different place. And I just said, you know, is it okay if we pray? And then we like, I'm going to, you know, probably declare some stuff. I'm going to actually talk to your wrist, and this is just how I believe to pray. And she's like, do whatever you want to do. And so I prayed, and I told her, I said, take your brace off. I said to her, I'm like, this is where I get weird. And I'm like, take your brace off and try it. So she started to move her wrist, and she's like, Chad, there's no pain. And I said, good, leave your brace off. Tell me tomorrow if you can pick up your daughter. So the next morning, she comes running down the hallway at me. And you have to understand, if you don't know who Laura is, Laura is always full of energy. And so she comes flying down the hallway and she high fives me. And so I throw my hand up and she high fives me. And she's like, I couldn't do that yesterday. And then she tells me how she picked up her daughter that morning and held her. And then she made sure she turned around and she said, I got to do my hair this morning. But it changed her life. Not just the healing, the understanding that God still does it. The fact that it happened in a moment. She didn't understand. She just, it stretched her concept of belief that miracles still happen. I share these stories with you just because I want the faith in the room to rise. I want you to know that we can pray and declare, and if you don't know what declare means, I speak to it. So I didn't just pray for Laura. I spoke to her wrist, and I said, wrist be healed in the name of Jesus. That's what Jesus did. And I believe in the Scriptures where he says in John 14, 12, I very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. This verse holds me in place. It is the one that reminds me that I can pray for anything. Because if Jesus did it and He tells me greater things, 
you will do. That means me. That means you. Greater things you will do because he is with the Father in heaven. He does all these things to draw people to salvation. To draw them in. Because when you pray for somebody that doesn't know Jesus and a miracle happens, they cannot deny who he is. And their hearts are open immediately. Immediately. Because they've encountered the power of Jesus Christ. I want to pray. And we're going to close the service. But I am going to ask the prayer team to come and they're going to fill this front. And as we're praying, you are going to see some people taking equipment off. But that's because they have to go to Brayside and we've blessed them. But I believe in the room today we're going to see miracles happen. And so I'm going to ask if everyone would just stand for a moment. And Father, I thank you that you are a God who does miracles. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that there's a strain of faith in the room. If you are require, if you are requiring, but if you are seeking God for a miracle, if you're asking God, whether it's a physical miracle, whether it's a financial miracle, whether it's an emotional, whether it's a relational, I want you even now just to begin to pray on your own and say, Holy Spirit, I have prayed so many times, but today I am open. Today I am believing for you to move in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for the stirring of faith in the room. And I pray, Father God, that people in this room right now begin to just feel your presence, begin to understand who you are, and the lack of faith leaves the room. I pray against a lack of faith in Jesus' name. And I pray that, Father God, people in this room begin right now to understand who you are. And so, Father, I pray that um, a stirring of faith, the people in the room, the people who have prayed a hundred times, today believe that 101 will do it. That, Father, as the Israelites walked around Jericho, today is day seven, and we're on trip number seven, and we're going to knock down walls. And so, Father, we thank you that there are miracles ready to happen, that, Holy Spirit, you are here to touch and to move in people's lives. And so this morning, Father, we bless those that need to go. And, Father, I pray over the prayer team right now just to stir up their faith in the name of Jesus Christ, just to stir it up inside of them as they lay hands on people that they're going to see miracles happen today in Jesus' name. And so, Holy Spirit, move in our place. Move today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 